0: Welcome back ladies to our final talk in this Advent Retreat series, Prepare Your Heart for Him. My name is Karen Doyle, your host and founder of the Genius Project, and it has been my great joy and privilege to host this Advent series for you over these past few weeks. I really hope and pray that these talks from our beautiful speakers have been a source of encouragement, blessing, and really just an invitation for you to go deeper in your personal relationships. With the Lord. I know personally I have received so much richness and wisdom from each of the women who have shared on this Advent series. And I know today you will not be disappointed with our final speaker, Sister Mary Rachel. In this final talk, Sister Mary Rachel is going to lead us deeper into this theme of how we can prepare our hearts for Christ this Christmas. But this does not end on Christmas Day, ladies. Christmas Day will come and go, it's one day. But what we're entering into here is cultivating our interior life, cultivating that space, that sacred space within our soul for the Lord to dwell. And we pray that he would come and refresh us and renew us in a special way this Christmas. But then we're called to go beyond Christmas into the coming year, holding Christ in our hearts in the ways in which he has personally come and we have personally encountered him. Before we get started on this final talk, give by Sister Mary Rachel. I'd love to draw your attention and extend an invitation to you to join us for the Catholic Women's Masterclass that will kick off in January and February of next year. The Catholic Women's Masterclass is a beautiful opportunity to come together with like-minded Catholic women. We meet once a fortnight on Zoom over a four-month period and we look together at how you can establish these rhythms of renewal in your life. So often we can come up with New Year's resolutions but they are often short-lived and often this is because we don't actually have the practical tools and strategies and the community around us to help move us forward in our life. So ladies, if you are wanting to grow, if you're wanting to go deeper in relationship with the Lord and other women, if you're wanting to establish rhythms of rest and be restored, and if you're wanting to discover your unique gifts and where you can use them, I invite you to take a look at the Catholic Women's Masterclass. We do have a number of wait lists for the few groups that I will run in January and February of next year. So make sure you check out that link below. All right, ladies, so we are here at our final talk in this Advent Retreat series, and it is my great joy and privilege to welcome Sister Mary Rachel to share with us today. Sister Mary Rachel is a very dear and beloved friend of mine. I met her when she came to Australia around 2008 to help with the World Youth Day here. And over the 10 years that she lived in Australia, we became quite close. And she is a beloved friend of the Sisterhood Catholic Women's movement here in australia she spoke at i think all of our conferences over the 10 years she was here giving really on fire anointed messages so much so that one year the roof in the auditorium literally caught fire that's how anointed this woman is so ladies buckle up sit back and relax and enjoy this input from sister mary rachel Oh, welcome, Sister Mary Rachel, to our Advent Retreat. It's so f- fantastic to have you joining us all the way from Nashville. So welcome.
1: Thank you so much. It is so good to be with you. What a grace. And I miss all of you. So right. it's great to have this time praying for you and and look forward to this time together.
0: before I said I just want to jump through the camera and give you a hug
1: (laughs) yes exactly big hugs
0: I know so for those of you for the listeners who don't know Sister Mary Rachel was in Australia for a number of years and often came to our sisterhood conferences I think you've come to everyone that while you were here so, I think so I missed out I think on the very very first one. First one. That's right. But you were an integral part of that community and so there's a lot of ladies from our sisterhood community who are participating in this retreat so they'll be very happy to um to hear from you. Oh good.
1: I said so in the introduction good. you're
0: you're anointed when you speak so much so that the roof caught on fire. Do you remember that? At the That's right. Conference. It was so funny. Do you, what, tell us your memory of that that day that was funny it was the
1: feast of saint patrick yes it was. and um and we were doing irish dancing <laughs> and then right after irish dancing i was going to give the talk mm-hmm. so i got up there and i i began with a prayer and then i mentioned saint patrick and the man on the lights changed the lights to be green yes that's and right as i was speaking i saw something something kind of flash but I thought it was just the changing of the lights and then somebody yells out fire fire <laughs> it's like oh no so then we had to we all had to leave and then one of you posted something like um she calls down the fire
0: from heaven or something
1: yeah something like that the roof is the roof is on fire or something yeah. and then they then you had to say literally
0: yeah literally it was a very eventful day But a beautiful, powerful talk. So um, we are looking forward to your input for this retreat about how we can prepare intentionally for Advent and Christmas and how we can prepare our hearts intentionally for Christ. But before we jump in, for those who don't know you, would you share a little bit about yourself and your background? Yes, for sure. For sure. Thank you. Um, So I'm originally from um,
1: Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, here in the United States. I'm the youngest of six children. And I entered the convent in 1996. So next year uh, we celebrate our silver jubilees from our first profession. So next summer will be my silver jubilee of profession, which I'm already getting excited about that. It's exciting. And um, I'm, I'm a teacher usually. So I've been teaching in the United States uh, and then taught in Australia for just short of 11 years. So 10 10 years and a little bit longer. And then in that time, well, I just told somebody the other day, I kind of feel like I've, I grew up in my time in Australia. It's um It was such a profound period of my life and um, yeah, so such a special time. So um, when I was in Australia, I was teaching at in high school and then also um, doing some vocation work. And then I was working on my PhD and finished that the last year that I was in Australia. That was a lot, so, uh,
0: wasn't it? Pardon? That was a labor of love.
1: It was, it was, yes. I really, it was a labor of love, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Difficult moments, but um, a lot of joyful moments also. And, and my topic was on pilgrimage. So the um, the impact of pilgrimage on the faith of the Catholic educator. So I might mention something about that in, in this sharing today. Um, but then in 2018, I came back, we, I received my assignment to come to the mother house here in Nashville, Tennessee. And the mother house is, uh, is the place where we begin our life as religious. So our novitiate is here. And then there are about five schools that run out of the mother house. And then our infirmary is here as well. So I'm, um, my p- current assignment is the local prioress of the mother house. So the superior of this house. So uh, there are 120 sisters in the school year in the house. So it's a, a lot happening. And I'll, I'll allude to that later on. I have something to share about that. So, um, Yes, that's just a little bit about me
0: yeah fantastic well I know we came over Jonathan did a speaking tour in 2019 and it was so lovely to come and visit we're in Nashville for a week and came to the mother house a couple of times but one of my distinct memories is being out on the grass in the afternoon because the kids were all playing tennis with the sisters in the heat they just love that but all of the cars all the teachers coming home from school all the sisters in these white cars just one after another it's like a royal kind of event them coming home from yes and just People getting
1: out. exactly when priests have come they say you know you, they've got it in the morning right after breakfast so mass and a very quick breakfast priests often say they have to get out of the way because it's the sisters are are like um kind of like an anthill they just yes. go so quickly out to school and then it's it's quiet for the most part we have adoration in the morning and uh, the retired sisters and the sisters who are in the home crew or in adoration, mostly um, for the needs of the apostolate. That's the intention. So it's pretty quiet at home. And then again, what you're describing, Karen, is the sisters all coming home after school and um, before adoration again. So it is a, those are busy times. You don't want to be walking on the
0: the parking (laughs) (laughs) lot. It was fantastic. We just loved our time there. I think Stephanie still remembers remembers that very fondly. That was a
1: beautiful time.
0: It really Really. was. So maybe one day when all these restrictions finally lift, we'll be able to come back.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that would be great. That'd be very good.
0: Oh, well, look, I'd love to throw to you now and just invite you to share with us, I guess, how we can prepare intentionally. And we have been walking over the last four weeks with a number of other speakers. We've had Laura Rowland, Joy Aiden, and Megan. And we've looked at, at Laura started off looking at a little bit of intentionality about setting a purpose for Advent so that we don't just hurtle along through all the things mm-hmm. in the to do list and arrive at Christmas Day exhausted, but that we're actually setting a purpose for our Advent. And Joy has spoken about just the three different characters in the Nativity and mm-hmm. I guess inviting us into the door the innkeeper and the Magi and just how we can encounter Christ in, in those ways at Christmas. And then Megan also has spoken around how we can prepare our relationships. But we're going to now turn our heart to really diving a little deeper in terms of how we can prepare in this deeper spiritual way. And I really feel in my own personal prayer that the Lord is inviting us to go deeper, Mm -hmm. um, to go deeper with him. The world feels incredibly unstable. People are really struggling under the weight of a whole lot of circumstances and heaviness at the moment. I'm hearing that from so many women. And so I think that the invitation really here is to dig in and to really carve out a a deeper faith. It's like, when we get married, we talk about the day you say I do is like the most important day. Yes. But that's really where it all begins. And from that point, you need to get about the business of building a love that will see you through a lifetime so I feel like in this season we feel like we're entering a new season in history globally personally but how can we build a faith that's going to see us through this this season and so that's what I'd love to invite you to share with us today so thank you
1: thank you so much for this opportunity to be with you and I've been praying for you and praying for your retreat I think maybe to start is is the true the real conviction, you know, in, in the busyness of our lives that anytime we take a retreat, we could, we could be confident of the Father's good pleasure, that out of everything we have to do in life, that we've decided to set the time aside. And it's not in a selfish way, this is my selfish time. It's it is actually time to be available to God. So when we set this time aside for retreat, I think that um, you can be confident in the father's good pleasure because you're choosing him, you're putting him first. Now, Karen, whenever you had mentioned, um, how do we find our our foundation in this crazy world that has always been crazy, but is redeemed? And um, I think that number one, We know it's in Jesus and I think what he's given to us is is the liturgical life because when we are praying the liturgy there are texts in the liturgy that help us to navigate life and you know sometimes all of us run into times when we don't know what to pray we have we don't have the words for it either the the pain is so deep or the joy is so great that we don't have the words. And and so Jesus has placed into the church, the words that are pleasing to the father. And so the liturgical season, I like to think of it as as God's mercy and reminders. So just when we need times of fasting, we have Fridays and then we have that season of Lent, we have the season of Advent. And then just when we need to feast, and the times of joy to lift our lift up our spirits. We have Sundays, and then Christmas and Easter, a whole octave of Sundays. In the season of Advent, the liturgy greets us with text after text of reminders and really rousing words. Stay awake, uh, be ready, get prepared. These are words of lovers. I was think I I was coming across. Um, I could just flip all through the office book and and come up with these beautiful words reminding us of where our hearts should be. Zion is our mighty citadel, our saving Lord, its wall and its defense. Throw open the gates, for our God is here among us. Then we have, the Lord will come, he is true to his word. If he seems to delay, keep watch for him, for he will surely come. Hallelujah. And then we hear of John the Baptist, a voice crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight the path for our God. All of us have prepared for guests by getting everything in the house just right. And right now, you no doubt are filled with to-do lists for these very events, with your family or your in-laws, friends who will be coming, Sometimes we plan these events and we actually wonder why are we even doing this? We feel a certain obligation to host Christmas this year. And this one almost feels like three in one for for, to make up for lost Christmases because of COVID restrictions. So we may feel even an added burden to what should be an event of joy. Or we are so very excited to finally be able to host everyone and busily go about every detail of the preparations. What a joy it is to be together with our loved ones, especially to set or renew those family traditions around the events of Christmas. To do this year what was lost in the last. St. John Henry Newman reflects on this kind of preparation and the waiting season, when he writes about thinking and planning for a friend who's coming. And he equates this experience with the Advent season, waiting for Jesus. As I read this and thought of you all, I was thinking um, there's a part here that is pertinent and it'll make sense as I read it. He asks, do you know the feeling of expecting a friend, expecting him to come And he delays, do you know what it is to be in anxiety lest something should happen, which may happen or may not happen? Or to be in suspense about some important event, which makes your heart beat when you are are reminded of it and of which you think the first thing in the morning. Do you know what it is to have a friend in a distant country to expect news of him and to wonder from day to day what he is doing and whether he is well. To watch for Christ is a feeling such as these. He watches for Christ who has a sensitive, eager, apprehensive mind, who is awake, alive, quick-sighted, zealous in seeking and honoring him, who looks out for him in all that happens, and who would not be surprised, who would not be over agitated or overwhelmed if he found that he was coming at once. So that's from John Henry Newman's sermon called Watching. And how, if it's true of a friend, how true it is of the preparations for the closest of friends for our Lord Jesus. You had mentioned, Karen, the burden of uh, that some people are carrying now, and I think that's always um, that's that's in our mind because that's the very place the Lord Jesus wants to come. He comes as Savior. He comes as Lord, and whatever darkness it is, He comes there to bring His light, and that is the greatest joy of this of this season of waiting and and placing our confidence that He, in fact, can bring light. And he in fact brings redemption to whatever's going on. St. Bernard um, has given a sermon on the three comings of Advent. And he talks about in the Advent season, we're actually thinking of three different times when the Lord comes. He came at one point in time as a baby. He came in weakness. And that's what we celebrate at Christmas. And then he comes at each moment when we're ready, trying to be ready for him. And then he will come again, right? He will come again as judge, merciful judge. When St. Bernard writes about this, he says that this middle coming, if I could quote this again, and then I, at the last, it's the last things that I'm going to quote. St. Bernard says, we know that there are three comings of the Lord. The third lies between the other two. In the first coming, he was seen on earth dwelling among us. He himself testifies that they saw him and hated him. In the final coming, all flesh will see the salvation of our God and they will look on him whom they have pierced. The intermediate coming is a hidden one. It is only the elect who see the Lord within their own selves, and they are saved. He says, because this this coming lies between the other two, it is like a road on which we travel from the first coming to the last. In the first, Christ was our redemption. In the last, he will appear as our life. In this middle coming, he is our rest and consolation. I was thinking about in this middle coming, he is our rest and consolation. Bernard refers to that really the the Lord, the pilgrimage of the Lord, the Lord's pilgrimage. He came as a baby, he lived his life, and then he died for us. And that was his pilgrimage to lead us back to the father. And Advent is a beautiful time to remind us of our pilgrimage of life. It started and with those texts, again, in the liturgy of the second coming, but it's always reminding us that this whole life is a life of pilgrimage. So in light of the scenarios above of preparing,
0: do you hear that? It's bell for prayer, so we'll wait. It's your bells. Perfect, okay. What are the bells signifying?
1: though right now we're um the sisters are gathering gathering for we have spiritual reading and compliment
0: nice
1: so the bell that's the called the five minute warning bell so that that bell will ring and then you have five minutes to get to prayers and then um then another bell will ring (laughs) so we'll see how we go
0: it's beautiful (laughs) (laughs) I remember that being there joining you for prayers yeah. and it was so such a rich experience and I quite I enjoyed I loved our friendship in terms of that complementarity of vocation. That yeah. I know you often said you were enriched by the vocation of marriage and we were enriched by your religious vocation and I, what I took away from that was just the you know the different rhythms of I guess your life as a religious and how as lay people like we can actually incorporate some rhythms into our daily life of prayer as well because that helps set our day up anyway the bells remind me of that that little lesson so yes all right i'll let you keep going okay till the next bell (laughs) okay yeah exactly till the next okay okay so
1: in light of the scenarios that i mentioned above which were preparing the home for guests How is it possible to both make these preparations for Jesus's coming so we're busy and yet to rest, to be busy and yet to be still? I think the answer lies in the Song of Songs that says, I sleep, but my heart is awake. I think the riddle and the seeming paradox is solved by an intentional awareness of the grace of the present moment. There's a bishop, his name is Bishop Massimo, Kamisaska. hopefully I said that okay. He says, all of our life is the preparation for the present moment. All of our life is the preparation for the present moment. The same way someone we love is never far from our thoughts, we work and do so many things in the course of the day but our heart and mind are on the one we love. In fact, this transforms the ordinary events of daily life when done for love's sake in a supernatural act. And in fact, these ordinary events of every day and often the hidden acts can be efficacious for our salvation and the salvation of the whole world. This requires deep faith to believe that the moment we are living, each moment we are living, has all of the graces we need. And that it has been eternally willed to bring us closer to our Lord. It takes faith to believe that each moment is a moment of Jesus calling out our name, loving us and providing for us. That each moment of each day Jesus is in fact present to us, offering us his rest and his consolation. And if he is in this present moment, we believe that he will be in each future present moment, providing the same rest, the same consolation, the same grace. And doesn't that relieve us? You might have heard of the, the priest father, Walter Chizek. He, was, he spent time in a concentration camp in the Second World War, and he wrote a book um, called He Leadeth Me. This Advent, there is a section of that book that has been a tremendous reminder to me of God's seeing and knowing. You know, that story, and um, just a side note, the story of um, Abraham, the covenant of Abraham, and um, when the, when the ram is caught in the thicket, And then the mountain is called Yahweh Yireh. So the Lord provides. One of the sisters was telling me the other day, she was saying, you know, the word provide and see is it can be interchangeable. And then she said, if the Lord sees, he provides And If he provides, he sees. And that's really comforting. Just the fact that we know we are always under his loving gaze. He's always seeing us and seeing us with the eyes of love. Then we know that he is
0: providing for us. So father, (laughs) <laughs> beautiful we, we're sharing with you one in spirit
1: <laughs> that's right that's right okay i think we're ready now okay that's actually going to happen again in 15 minutes so we're okay that's okay, <laughs> okay. we like all you right <laughs> okay so father father chizek writes nothing can touch us that does not come from his hand nothing can trouble us because all things Come from his hand. Is this too simple? In every detail of our lives, to yield ourselves up to it in total commitment. Now we know that is not simple. How difficult a task it is, but to trust and believe that that the Lord provides the grace. I think that it is a um, an enormous mental discipline to live in the present moment. Our minds so often go backwards uh, to what maybe we're worried about, um, what we're thinking about, what we, we might be distracted about. And then they race ahead of, of, in our plans. But I think even this Advent to, to strive, I know it's now, um, it's very common to talk about mindfulness and to talk about the present moment, but it's a long standing tradition in the, in the church to, and within Christianity to practice The presence of God and to rely on his presence. I think that we are presented many times a day with a choice. And we teach our children this all the time. We teach young people that all the time. And the choice is how will we respond to grace? How will we respond to the grace of the present moment? And sometimes the most rigorous and demanding penance of living the Christian life is to battle with ourselves to battle our own selfishness or our own willfulness, or simply to move forward in what I know charity demands, even though I don't feel like it. And then the extra heroic step, the invitation to be joyful in doing what is required of us in Christian virtue. This idea has struck me in recent months, I think with great clarity, and it's probably the where the Lord is um, providing and where he's stretching. <laughs> and so then calling me on. Just recently, I was on my way to the chapel in the morning and uh, the night before I had something to do. There was uh, a choice that I was given. And it was interesting because I knew that what I had to do was, was going to have consequences for the next day, that this act of charity was going to mean that the next day I would be tired. I'd be, who else knows what else, who else knows. Okay. But by God's grace, as I was just walking, it was, it was a quick thought. I really, I realized I didn't have to do anything. I chose to do something, and by choosing it out of love, then I chose the consequences in this situation of being tired, which isn't really a big deal. (laughs) We're tired a lot of times. But I'm not forced or coerced to do the good. I am invited to choose the good act and to choose out of love the consequences of that good act. The tiredness, the inconvenience, the surrendering my will for something better. I had a similar situation, a grace I think I received earlier in the year, just this past summer. So I explained um, what this house is like. There's 120 sisters in the school year. But this past summer, we were really blessed for the first time to to welcome the sisters home. We had been closed down as as so many people were. And so that meant preparing for about 270, I think it was about 270 sisters who would be home. What an enormous blessing. We missed those of you who were not present of the sisters. We missed the sisters who were not present, but we were so aware that this time um, was a time of grace. So my role as the local priorities to prepare for the sisters to come. And that just means really practical, very, very practical things. Make sure everybody has a bed, make sure everybody has somewhere, a place to sit at the table, make sure everybody has a place in the chapel. So it's all of those really, really practical things. Now, when you're dealing with 270 or 280 people, those details are kind of important because I also want my sisters to feel welcome home after not being home for a while. So anything can kind of, Not anything, but sometimes things shift and create like marbles. (laughs) So we had a beautiful community days. And then the very last day, it was this stupid COVID, stupid COVID, next stream. And so all of a sudden, I was having to figure out where am I, it was one sister after the next kind of reporting in. That, of testing positive and, and trying to keep our sisters in the infirmary safe and the sisters who are vulnerable safe. So just troubleshooting, okay? So I'm trying to move the sisters into other, we call them cells where we sleep, cells, it's a monastic term, but trying to, to move those sisters into the quarantined area and all of this, okay? So it's if you think of like a hotel situation when you go to a place and then people are, sh- the, <laughs> the person is shifting all the different um, people to getting you in a new place and all that. So it was a little bit chaotic. And I had come into my office working with all of that. And I am I go to answer the phone. And I'm holding a, one phone here and one phone here at one point. And then I close the door and I turn to my computer and I'm going to post-it notes everywhere, disorganized. And then a quiet, almost imperceivably small thought popped into my mind. And you know these. A really gentle prompting of the Holy Spirit. So quiet, so gentle, that I nearly missed it. And was given the grace in that moment to flip the situation. To just flip it. I was anxious, I was a little bit spastic, I was busy, I was all of those things, falling a little bit into self-pity, overwhelmed by the details, yes, some agitation, not even thinking about the sisters, right? Me, it was just me. And in that moment, the Lord wanted me to flip it from busy to full. This moment is full, really full of grace. This moment is full and this moment is fruitful. And I think the question became, do I want it any other way? No, no, I don't. So the fruitfulness of this situation, I wouldn't want it any other way, really, how true. I hadn't thought about it that way before. How sad to not, it would be so sad to not have those sisters come home, to not be able to serve, to not whatever dot, dot, dot it is. So a moment when the Holy Spirit whispered so quietly and a fruitfulness of his grace could then be seen. What flipped also was just going through the motions, frantically planning, pr- frantically preparing, working, but then the invitation to now do it intentionally, to do it with love, to do it with gratitude, where joy and peace and humor followed. Now, exteriorly, the, lo- the I might still be moving pretty fast, and the exterior acts, may look the same. That's the importance of we can never judge (laughs) because the exterior act looks the same, but the interior disposition is now vitally different. Vitally, I use that on purpose because now it's bringing life where I don't know what was happening before. I dare say, this is what you are all up to right now. And maybe it's an invitation. You are very busy, busy preparing for Christmas, which is, by the way, the coming of Jesus. (laughs) Sometimes I know in that moment um, when I had to think about that word differently, busy. Sometimes when we remind ourselves and others of how busy we are, how busy we are, I think we zap the moment of grace and beauty and joy. We either try to falsely convince ourselves or others of our own importance by saying we're so busy, or we neglect the gratitude of recognizing the fruitfulness he is calling us to. The beauty of these loved ones we are preparing to see, even if, I mean, not my sisters necessarily, but even if they do drive you crazy on occasion, okay, maybe. (laughs) And we lose sight sometimes of the reason why we are gathering together, of who gathers us together. Because love himself has chosen to make his home in our heart. Jesus doesn't mind too much about the many undone events, unwrapped or even unbought presents. Instead, he wants to find our hearts so full of anticipation, so full of longing, so full of confidence that he is savior. Yes, so full of awareness of need. Yes, Jesus, you are the only one who can do this. So full of desire and so full of love for him. So that truly on Christmas Day, we can awaken to the sound of his voice. And the very sound of his voice makes our whole bodies thrill with joy. Or we sing that at the Christmas time. The thrill of hope, this weary world rejoices when yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. Let us fall on our knees and hear the angels' voices, O holy night, when Christ was born. So let us, dear sisters, my sisters in Christ, near and far, prepare to meet him with many intentional acts of love, aware of his presence at each moment. God bless you. you Know of my prayers for you and my deep love. And I miss you and hope to see you again soon. Mm. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Sister Mary Rachel. That was beautiful. Beautiful way to close our retreat and just to really center us on this next week as we come into Christmas and what Christ is really calling us to. I really, I loved when you spoke about those thoughts and, and that being this pivotal moment of flipping it. I like your expression, flipping it. We might have to coin that term <laughs> because it's a great term. It's because it's, it's, yeah describes this flip moment in a yep. second how we can go from self-pity and yep. falling into this temptation of self-reliance and self-pity and selfishness and a lack of virtue to the complete opposite of God's grace being present. Like you said, though you nearly missed that thought yes. that in the busyness. Yes. And so Christ coming to us in, in this season of Advent is very much about we also have to participate. We've mentioned this in another section that we have to be active participants in this journey and Christ's coming that we actually have to carve out and make space and room for him so that we can listen and, and just slowing down a little bit. So yeah, thank you so much. So beautiful. It's,
1: um, you know, it's, it's so much. um, I kept thinking as I was preparing this, that I didn't say it. um, It's so much about just filling whatever we're doing. It's, it's like saturating it in love. Mm. Or in a sense, it's like allowing just, just against that intentionality, inviting love to be in that moment. So sometimes we think, Oh, I need to do this. I need to do that. I need to change this. I need to change that. Often it's not, it's, it's um, doing the things we're doing, but just um, that's why just inviting love the Holy spirit to come in, to come into it. And, and those things you're doing those presents you're wrapping for your children so that when they open them, you know, that they're, you know, that it's a gift of love that they're opening, you know? So it's like the supernatural force also that comes at them when they're (laughs) because it was done with love, you know?
0: Yes, absolutely. I, when you're talking about all the sisters coming home, I was thinking about you with 270. I'm like, it's kind of similar to just putting my three kids to bed. Like 270 sisters, three children very true but it's because the, the thought in my head every night is I'm so busy I've got so much to do I'm so busy and I'm actually saying that to myself over and over again so yes so those beautiful bells again oh, yeah. yes and, but you know like to flip that is to say these tasks will be there these children like and to I love your expression invite love in Like inviting love into each moment, each interaction, even around the Christmas table with that family member or those people who are really challenging to love, inviting love in and asking Christ to come into that moment to transform that moment with his grace. So good to talk to you. I'm like, let's just sit here all day.
1: (laughs) so good it's very very good to see
0: you here. oh it's good to see you too can I ask you please because this is the final talk for our series would you please pray a blessing over our ladies just uh, I guess to seal them in protection seal them in love as they head into Christmas for sure that's a great uh, yeah that'd be a, a gift a gift Thank you. in the father
1: and of the son and of the holy spirit amen Heavenly Father, we praise you and we thank you for this time together. We thank you, Father, for the gift of your son, Jesus. Jesus, wherever we are, we acknowledge your presence in the Eucharist, loving us. We adore your presence in the closest chapel or church, the closest one to us. We adore you and we praise you, we thank you. Jesus, we ask that you would send your Holy Spirit upon us, upon Karen and the organizers of this retreat, upon every woman who is attending this retreat, upon the speakers. We invite you Holy Spirit to come into our hearts anew, into the lives of our families, and all of our loved ones. We ask Holy Spirit that you would set our hearts on fire with love. We ask Holy Spirit for the particular graces we need to be love for those you place in our lives. That we would even be surprised that you are acting in and through us Holy Spirit, we give you permission to work in and through us. We ask, Holy Spirit, for a new awareness and a deep gratitude for Jesus as our Savior and Savior of the entire world. Mother Mary, as you prepare for the birth of your son, we ask Mary that you would pray for us, that our hearts would be like your heart and would be ready to receive Jesus at each moment, at Christmas time, and when he comes again. And all of this prayer we place and all of us ourselves we place under mary's mantle of love and protection as we pray hail mary full of grace the lord is with thee blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb jesus holy mary mother of god pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death amen mary help of christians pray for, pray us. for us saint joseph pray, pray for amen. us in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit amen
0: Amen. Let's just sit here all day. (laughs) (laughs) So beautiful, so beautiful. So much. So, ladies, I hope and pray that you've had a chance this Advent to carve out some time and space to make space in your heart to receive the Lord this Christmas. If you haven't been able to do that, don't feel any pressure. These talks will be available for another month for you. So, you can go back at your own pace and watch them, pray about them, and ask the Lord the areas in which He's wanting to bring about change in your life. Ladies, if you would like to go further with all of this, if you'd like, to walk with me and a number of other Catholic women, then I'd like to invite you to join us in the Catholic Women's Masterclass. You can check out the link below this page for more information. If you are interested or you have any questions, please feel free to send me an email at karen at geniusproject.co. If you're interested in any of the other resources or live virtual events that we have on offer here at the Genius Project, you can check those out at www.geniusproject.co. You can follow us on instagram genius underscore project underscore daily or on facebook i also invite you to subscribe to our youtube channel the genius project on that channel you will be able to access a number of talks beautiful inputs by so many incredible catholic women from around the world ladies have a really blessed holy and beautiful christmas and i look forward to journeying with you and supporting you in 2022 god bless you